Welcome to another fantastic edition of Father Time. Wait a minute, hold on. I know I'm not supposed to talk yet, but you already know it's going to be fantastic? Yes! So, like, no matter what I did at this point, and I know I shouldn't be talking. No, this is, this, is what, this is what it's about. But no matter what I do at this point, this is still going to end up being a fantastic podcast. Honestly, I feel like it's going to be amazing. Oh, I know it's going to be. I'm just curious as to how this works with the other lesser people who come in. I would say, I hope people recognize your voice, but the truth is when they hit click, they saw your name, so it doesn't matter. They know who you yeah. are. Oh, so the whole know. thing about introducing and getting the credits out first doesn't mean anything, doesn't Gary mean, Anthony doesn't Williams. doesn't mean Jack. No. Not, not to a young Gary Anthony no, Williams. No, not to a young Gary Anthony Williams. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my uh, cohort and my producer, Mr. Andy Lerner. Andy how are you? Lerner, hey, Andy. Andy. You're, you got a little cold today. No, I'm a little bit stuck. Fantastic. Yeah. Like, I don't get sick enough from having kids. Call me Friday. Yeah, thanks for coming by. Um, and our guest today... Well, is, I know that he's got a cold, but why are you guys, like, sitting face-to-face with each other like this? I, try, I tried to face him to the corner, but he... He cheats. likes to look lovingly into my eyes. Uh, and it does look lovely. It's like looking into the, the pool of... Well, you've, you've, Doom. Oh, what is uh, abyss. <laughs> the abyss. <laughs> Al Holbrook from Wall Street. When the man sees the abyss. That's right. What does he do? All right, listen. Let me introduce you. Please introduce me. God I mean, how far are we in? Do you have a timer? How far are we into this podcast? 45 minutes. And it. you've said my name casually so casually. far. I really need some big, bold, fronted vocals. If Ladies can... and gentlemen, our guest today. Oh, yeah. You will know him. You'll know him from... 172 different credits on IMDb. Every show that's ever been made. Live from Studio City. Live, Live. from Studio City. Your your voiceover work, uh, crazy stuff. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Bob's Burgers, The Lion Guard, Doc McStuffins. Doc my McStuff. kids my kids are going to be home by the end of this, and they are, I'm going to have you talk to them. As soon days. as I see them, I'm out of here. You're just going to yell yeah, at them. Yeah, I'll just leave. They'll never He's watch not those. your real dad. And <laughs> no, then I go. No, don't and do it. And then I go. Um... But lately, you are doing the show I'm Sorry on True TV. Yes, Andrea, Andrea Savage's Savage show. That yeah. I appear on as well. You are also doing Whose Line Is It Anyway? Mm-hmm. You can, I think people are already like, he's an improv uh, extraordinaire at this point. I'm an improv extraordinaire. Yes, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> yeah. your quote. Those are the words. And that's, those are words. He's going to torture us the whole show. No, I'm I not. I'm l- His I'm brain learning. doesn't shut off. You see, I have out my writing pad. <laughs> I'm, I'm furiously scribbling new terms. You also do uh, one of Andy and ours. I, I saw years ago i loved it it's amazing it's called the black version yeah with uh, jordan black yeah and you guys it's an improvised show and you guys basically take a movie title from an audience member yeah it's, it's and a, then it's do a, the black version exactly it. it's an all-black cast it's me jordan black started the whole thing uh cedric yarbrough daniel gaither naima funk phil lamar and karen moriyama directs it and we is, have a full band million credits between it's, those people that, i know that it, cast is ridiculous. It's, it's like a working cast of of blackters as we call ourselves and uh the audience shouts out a typically white movie and then we improvise the black Fried green version. tomatoes yeah and then they rename it something that sounds black i don't know what sounds blacker than fried, fried green, green tomatoes that sounds, anyway. that's, that that's pretty much black, it yeah yeah it doesn't and then we do the black version. We've been doing that show about six years now. Yeah. Uh, th- this up. Uh, when does this? When does this podcast? Uh, this air? probably will be next week, the week after the Fourth of July. So like the fifth of July, this probably oh, will be out. So after this podcast comes out, we're doing a show with. Sometimes we have special guests like Wayne Brady, but this one will be Maya Rudolph will be our special guest on July. Who 8th. is simply amazing. She's amazing. Maya Rudolph sorry, is. No, she Maya drove Rudolph, me yeah. here today. We're coming. She's to the amazing show. and she Listen. owes me money. Did she drive you? She drove me. She yeah. Not. She had. I look. I I. <laughs> When I got to Hollywood, I yeah. did a lot of people a lot of favors, and I haven't had to drive myself around for years now. 
Yeah. It's true. I ended up driving you to a couple of uh, yeah, you've big, driven me big drinking nights for you. Even yeah, I wouldn't call them big. No, I mean they're just for you they were minor, but I, right it's hours. Just long. me, a couple of bug uh, bottles of the juice, as you call it. Yeah, I would call it the juice and night. some bendy yeah. straws. And yeah, why do you bring the juice into this? No, 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 no. I love and juice. It I love goes juice back to the juice. I love juice. He's juicing as we speak. Oh. My guest today, Mr. Gary Anthony Williams. Um, I don't know where this is going, and I love it. I couldn't. You don't know where be... it's going, but that may have been our longest intro. I did it. That was by far I the did it the intro. same way when Trump made everybody applaud yeah. for that lady whose husband had died, and he just wouldn't stop applauding, and he kept applauding, and nobody would stop because he wouldn't stop. I've just <laughs> forced you to Trump intro me. And honestly, the intro was almost as uncomfortable as, yeah. as Trump greeting almost anybody yeah, in the world absolutely. with a weird handshake slash hug slash pat on the back. That said, best president we've ever had. Go best. ahead, Jane. Best, yeah, president, we, best <laughs> president. And I want to say that the fact that you have Trump now sponsoring your show, I think, is delicious. It is. Yeah. And profitable. And highly profitable. Uh, we're huge in Russia. Yeah, that's what they say. Blowing up right now. Blowing it up yeah, in the Russia. Blowing Rusties. up in Russia. Um, you're, a, you're a parent. I am, dude. I have a 14-year-old boy mm-hmm. who's, uh, he's not, he's like me in one way I just found out. I, I knew this kind of, but the rest of the world didn't. But um, we're pretty, we're pretty different kind of uh, human beings that I made with my wife. Me and my son are. He's a super science-minded kid. In fact, he saw one of his buddies acting when he was in, like, first grade. And his buddy was up on stage doing a little elementary school play. And he leans over to me and goes, Daddy, that's exactly what I'll never do. He's like, all right. <laughs> you got, yeah. I'm never acting? Yeah, I'm never doing that. Wait, how old is he? he he's 14 now. 14 years old. He was, he was like, old. six then. Yeah. But he's all science, man. He's taught himself programming. So that's what he does most of the days. He's just up there with the headphones on, writing code. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he does. That's what he does. He's so sad. It's so funny. He, you talk about his intro, you couldn't shut him up. Just gone, gone, gone with the kid. He's like, hey, he's into science. He's that's a great guy. Much, he's a, good, he's a great his kid, I've met Ethan, yeah. and he is uh, a rock star. He's his own dude, right? And he has maybe the best fro in any high school in the country. He has he has 1970s, and I don't know how he does it. He wakes up, and then he might come downstairs and get something to eat, and his hair looks normal, and he comes back, and he doesn't use any kind of product, and he comes up back with the biggest, most roundest, perfectly shaped fro that you will ever see. It's just perfectly shaped, and he does it all himself. Yeah, it's like, he, it's like his own animal. It's his own pet. That's, 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 that's what happens throat. when you apply science to hair. Yeah, but it's just the science of picking. He's figured out some picking techniques that they didn't have back <laughs> in the day. He's got a special algorithm for his He has an algorithm for combing his app, an aphorism, an afrogorithm. Yeah. Yeah, well, he'll correct you when you get home. No, nah, he won't. He won't. He's asleep. He's 14. All he's doing is growing right now. He's asleep. <laughs> he's growing. He ain't got time for nothing else but Well, growing. let's go back to your let's take childhood. Me, let's take me, um, yeah, let's take, let's take me down that old dirt road. Take me down the red clay roads of Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. And you are, you're from Georgia. I am. I, uh, I grew up in a little town called Fayetteville, Georgia. I've heard of it. Uh, now Fayetteville is definitely heard of because Fayetteville is the county, is the city of Fayette County. Okay. Fayette County is where they now shoot all the Marvel movies. 
Oh, really? So in my little backwoods town I grew up with, where my dad was lovingly beat by the police for was, being black. I wonder, okay. Look, yeah, but you, now... You grew up but, as a young black man in Georgia. Sounds like the opening of The Jerk. Yeah, it, 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 it is, and it's true. But now they shoot all the Marvel movies there. So the, look, the racism's gone now. Marvel's there. When Marvel comes in, <laughs> racism goes out. I'm pretty sure that's not true. Oh, no. No. Oh, my gosh, no. I mean, the clan, they're working hand in hand. Well, in with... Fayetteville, but I'm sure right outside the gate <laughs> oh, no. of Marvel Studios, racism is, <laughs> is proud and no. loud. It is very different than when I grew up there. I have six sisters, two brothers. Really? I grew up with six sisters, two brothers, one mother, and one father. Uh, they had us all. Actually, there was a baby who died before I was born, so it's not sad at all to me. No, that's I never knew him. I didn't know the guy. But it's funny. Did you talk, as you grew up, was that child ever talked about? Oh, yeah. Like, we would mention him. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he would have been one of the older kids, so most of us never met him. Right. He would have been one of the very oldest kids. Where are you in the chain? Next to the youngest. Okay. Uh, my mother and dad basically had a kid every two years. Then after me, they stopped. And then eight years later, my younger sister Erica was born. Accidents will happen. I don't think it was an accident. You know, there are no accidents <laughs> when you're having babies. There's no accidents. I'm an accident. Every child is planned in the world. There were just five, and then there's eight years between my yeah. sister and I, and my mother always says, she goes, you were a happy accident. Perfectly planned. Yeah, perfectly. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> There are no what did your dad do that he could afford nine children? Uh, well, the the way you can afford nine children if you are... Unless some of the kids eat the other kids. In a way, we did. But just a little at a time. Just You have to save it. Uh, we grew up... It, it was not a farm. A lot of people go, but you grew up on a farm, Gary. I did not. But we grew up on a plot of land big enough that it was wrapped around by a, a huge garden. But it was bigger than a garden. And we raised our own, raised and slaughtered our own hogs. So we had vegetables and hog meat. And then we raised chickens, too, when I was younger. And my grandma raised chickens. So we raised and, we raised and slaughtered our own stuff to eat. Okay. The, that's I how have a you lot grow to talk up. about That's that. how you grow up with all. That's also why I'm a vegan now, because I've shot a lot of crap in the head. <laughs> a lot of things I've shot right between Well, nowadays, the they're like, hey, I'm going to pick up dinner. I'm going to stop uh, by Take a Bow. And you're like, uh, hey, Gary, can you run in the backyard and slaughter a hog and yeah. then cook well, it? Well, it takes a lot to slaughter a hog, but like a rabbit, that was easier. Like Once you build the rabbit boxes, they wander in there, and then you just pick them up by the back feet and chop them behind the head and break their neck. And then you just you know, snip off their paws, and then you just skin them. And then they look like little babies once they're skinned. They look like cute little white babies. And then you take the guts out and you fry them up. So rabbits are the easier one. The hogs <laughs> take some work. That takes a few people. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a killing. you got to do some killing. That's a killing. And the yeah. knife sharpening man has to come, and you have to wait till it's a super cold day. But Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can... I should. I don't know why I didn't bring a handy flip book on slaughtering hogs like <laughs> Jesus Anthony Williams. Scary. Slaughtering hogs. Did your father have a job, job, or was that yeah, the job? Yeah, he had that. Oh yeah, he did that too. He uh, when he was very. Um, you're learning so much about the Williamses. Like that's the that's the, here's the point he, of the show, and I've t I've told this a few times. It's like I have kids now. Mm -hmm. I'm the youngest of six, Irish Catholic. My father never even showed me how to shave. Like he never was like. There was no like. Here's how you're gonna do it. Yeah. He was like, see you later. 
So I was uh, when I had kids, I was like, "What the? How do I? Do uh, what have I just wandered into?" And my so pa- we talk. That's what it's. And yeah. Everybody's the same. It's like our parents never. That generation wasn't kissy face, touchy feely. Right. right. They were but like, my father. Yeah. I. My father shaw- I did know how to shave from him, but he was a black man, so he shaved differently. He shaved with this stuff called magic shave, which just basically <laughs> just. It's like a depil- depilatory, is that the word I'm looking for? It's like nair for the face ah. that black men use, and it smells horribly, but it takes all the hair off, and you have this baby smooth face. Without having to shave. Without having to shave. Why, don't, why, why can't white guys use it? White guys can use it. <laughs> why am I it's shaving? It's nair for the face. But nair, oh, it doesn't... It, it takes it all off, down below the skin, uh, right? So Probably some skin, That too. I learned, but then... But my problem is... If I shave it all off once hair starts growing back, I just get crazy bumps. So That's what happens. I can't shave all the way down. Right. Here's the problem with shaving for me. And my son, I can't teach him how to shave because he's half white. And his facial hair is nothing like my facial hair. Right. Like, so he has to learn. I have to hire some white dude to come teach him the, the white way of shaving. And he has. I, mean, I, I bought him you a had me a white guy. <laughs> so my dad did teach me stuff that like. Like I get, you know, like gardening, how to, how to. You also had older How brothers. to kill things, exactly. Gardening and how to kill things. Yeah, and and driving. He taught me all of that stuff. Uh, I I did learn a lot from him in that sense, but touchy feely, no. no way. I saw him cry twice that I remember. Once when his mother died, uh, and then once when I was leaving home. Those are the only times I remember That's him. That's kind of sweet. Yeah, it was very I sweet. I never saw my father cry. It was very sweet. You should have kicked once. him in the balls. Yeah, you know, now looking back, you know what? I wish I had. Why and like you, my father was a military man. He was in World War II. Uh, and, you know, that was a tough time in the country sure. for a, a, a black soldiers. Like, it was, not, it was not happy. It was not happy military times. And he hated the U.S. government after that. Like, he hated the military after that. It was not happy. They did not treat black dudes well. Well, I can tell you, I know nowadays, it's still not really a happy time. So if I go back 100 years, I'm going to guess it was way worse. (laughs) (laughs) Way, way worse. Yeah. yeah. Why Fayetteville, then? You would think after he got out, he'd go to Chicago or somewhere north. It was not just his home. He was from the, yeah, he he was from the south. My mom was from the south. Like, that's, you know. That's where you go. you You weren't leaving there. Like, it's easier to. Get a place down to there. To deal on, with the racism. Uh-huh. Yeah, on Mr. Pundas. Yeah, you learned how to deal with the racism. Yeah. You, you did. I remember seeing the Klan when I was growing up, man. We'd really? be, oh, my God, yeah. We'd be driving from our uh, home in Fayetteville up to Atlanta, and the Klan would be in Riverdale, which is about halfway between, like handing out pamphlets and stuff like that, you know? And my sister Mary, like, snatching a pamphlet out of one of the Klan ladies' hands. Like, we didn't care. Like to us, they were like, "What are these big clowns?" But you didn't. Did doing? you? Is it was because you didn't understand? No, we understood, but like they didn't mean anything to us anymore. That was years ago since my dad had been beat by a cop. Like nobody was gonna stand around and watch the clan do anything. Like right. we can most. My family outnumbered them. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you did. Right. I mean, you were maybe yeah. that's why he had nine kids. There was like, like the safety yeah. of numbers. Hey, There's gonna be a fight someday going down. <laughs> I had another yeah. girl. I need more boys yeah. for this fight. Oh, my girls, my my uh, sisters were pretty tough women. Yeah. No, you didn't mess with them. What did he? So he 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 did have a job. To go back to your question, he was uh, he worked construction a lot, and then he became a foreman of this company called Miracle Biscuit Company. So it was a bakery in sure. Atlanta, and he was a foreman of that. And he would get all the extra stuff, and he would bring it home as mm-hmm. well. And um, 
or he stole it. I don't know. I don't care. And uh, but I remember one time I didn't I like the whole sharing thing. I remember once he had brought these breakfast squares, they call them. And um, I was taking one to school and my mom said, take more, take some and share with your friends. And I knew how poor we were. But so it you know, like really kind of blew my mind. It's like, oh, I should just take part of what we have, which was very little. And OK, cool. And that was like the beginning of me going, oh, wow. Even though I'm poor, there's a lot of other people who poorer than I am right. who I like I can kind of lend. Did you know you were poor? Oh my god, yeah. Anybody who says we didn't know we were poor, that's bull crap. <laughs> anyway, we were sure we were poor and we were happy. We had no idea we were poor. Like, <laughs> that's a bunch of crap. When you poor, you know you're poor. Like how, like we were probably lower middle. We were I guess we we're middle class, but I remember seeing other kids going Man, I wish I wish we had that. I just remember like seeing the white kids go into the store and like we would always go, you know, they can go into the convenience store and just get whatever they want. Like they could just walk in there and get a bag of potato chips or they yeah, they could just go in there and like, oh, that can't be real. You just didn't have any money. It can't be you real. You had no money on your Especially person. at certain times like it was really tough. You know, it got better. Uh but at certain times it was it was tough and we were not the Hey, let's take a handout from people. We weren't those people at all. That was embarrassing to us. It's like, make do with what you got and, you know, grow your own stuff and shoot yeah. things in the head. And shoot things in the head. Mm -hmm. Do you have hand, uh, were you all hand, hand me down clothing and stuff? Or? No, because I. You're a boy. Uh, well, not only that, but my brother Jeff, the oldest one, was 6'4. My brother Mike was 6'2. And I was the short boy in my family. Right. They, they stole. They stole the, the height, height gene. Yeah, the height gene. So they couldn't, number one, they couldn't hand it down in that way. Number two, I was always a big fat kid, so I couldn't wear anything of my older brother Mike's. Anyways, Jeff was a huge guy, but still his stuff was... Well, we can talk about that because you, I mean, in the last few years, you've lost a ton of weight. Were you always a big kid? I was always big. Only a couple of times in my life have I been... I, that's how I knew you. Enough. And I even yeah. remember running into you after you lost the weight. And I think a lot of people did where they were like... I don't, I don't know. Most who that people guy. don't even know. I me. didn't know who that guy was <laughs> until I, lost... I heard you speak, and they were like, "Because the voice is so recognizable." Yeah, my my throat is still as fat as it ever was. Yeah, as it should be. Uh yeah, I have a I have what they call an IFT, an inner fat throat. So that doesn't no, go away. Doesn't go away. <laughs> uh, but I've lost 150 pounds. As a, I know, Andy, what have you lost? You've lost 70, 70 pounds. So there you go. I Between the four. two of us. Between the two of us, we have lost an entire human being. Yeah. Oh, uh, like a people. big human, yeah, a big, big, a, big, a big, muscular human being, yeah, yeah, handsome, human. a big, uh, yeah. We lost a lot of handsome weight. <laughs> what was uh, what was your childhood like? Were you a, were you a happy go lucky guy? Were you? I was I was a happy kid. Yeah, like we grew up, like our cousins lived on the same little dirt road that we lived on. So definitely, I've always been like a happy kid. And someone reminded me today on Facebook, uh, my cousin Cheryl goes, you know, you get your sense of humor from your mom, because my mom was just a super funny woman. And she just lied to us all the time, just nonsense lies, like, because her family used to make syrup when she grew up, or syrup, as we call syrup. it. Just syrup, S-U-R-P. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and she was like, yeah, one time my shoe I had on a new patent leather shoe and it fell in the syrup barrel and my mama made me eat my shoe. And I grew up my entire life thinking that her mama had force fed her this syrupy shoe. And then one day she goes, I was lying. Like when I'm a, an adult, 
she says that. So always a lie. Always a lie. Maybe that's where your improv always skills fun. come from. No, it is. Because we would sit around the dinner table and we would just crack jokes on each other nonstop. Like, even if I go home now, that is a nonstop thing. You're not going to leave We're that the house We're without so being loud. funny. Our family is yeah. so loud. Talking yeah. over each other. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And there's a fight for intention. It's always the youngest who turns out to be the sharpest. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know how much. We're all kind of loud and funny and shy that's what we were like i was always a shy kid like i didn't want, i didn't want to go in public like just isn't it weird I'm, i was the yeah. same and now we're both we're yeah. actors it's crazy yeah but it's an easy way to to me it's like acting is kind of a good way to get over that yeah because I, yeah i was never i was never comfortable well that was the rush for me as soon as i got on stage and the adrenaline surge in my body i was like that's what i kind of became addicted to that was the drug of choice was putting yourself out it's like if you're afraid of heights you go you go to a height and you're right. like <gasps> and it's like oh it feels crazy and i feel right. the same way or if you're acting. afraid of poison you, you just you no did, gary that's not this, that's a different well that's we'll find out when i get home <laughs> well so we definitely because i left a lot of information at home for my child and my wife and if well, what you're saying is guess, not true, I guess we'll find out. If what you're saying is not true, then I guess I'll be talking to the well, authorities. Well, you'll be you'll be carrying on the tradition of lying. Yeah, well, but I didn't know I was lying, but yeah, I totally. suppose He's I will a, be. It's like conversations with Gary, just a lie after lie after lie. <sighs> was your dad a disciplinarian? Was he a tough guy? Was he home a lot, or was Would he you, kind of just uh, uh, he he worked a lot? Yeah, cost nine. You didn't see him that much, kids. did you? Um, at certain times, yes. Like he got hurt at work. And then he had to be home. Uh, Jesus. He, yeah, he, got, he was on disability. He got hurt. His back got hurt. Uh, then he had to be home. But growing up, when he was there, he was there. Like, we would go fishing. Um, he actually took me once to this fishing place with my buddy Red. And I've told the story a couple of times. But he's like, well, okay. uh, he's like, I'm going to take you all where I used to go. And we get in my brother's old Pinto. It was a, actually it was a pinto he had just fixed up with new green shag carpeting. We're riding down this dirt road, and then there's water across the road. Like, yeah, that's just a little bit of water. That's always that was like that was like that when I was young. When it rained, that water coming across the road. <laughs> so we start driving, and the front of the pinto goes into the water, and then the entire pinto goes in the water, and we are 100 percent underwater in my brother's brand new car, like literally underwater. <laughs> you can't get the doors open because of the force. He's like, roll down the windows and. Rolled down the windows in this brown, you could just smell the fish. It just smell like brown, fishy water just pours in. And then I, I literally don't remember how we got out of there because I couldn't swim. He could swim. And I'm guessing my friend Red could swim. I don't know. But the next thing I remember is just standing on the bank looking at this, what used to be a stream when he was a kid that now is a lake when it rains, you know, in my brother's Pinto, like. Gone. Submerged underwater. Did he get it out? All, all it did. Like it dried carpeting. up. That's a shame. That new shag carpeting. Yeah. That's all I could think. <laughs> Man, he just put because we could still smell the glue in it that he had glued it down with or whatever he had done. You know, it was brand. It smells new. like fishy glue. Yeah, now. fish glue. Who's the U-boat commander? Yeah. So you know, he did get it out. One of, and one of his old buddies pulls up on the tractor. He's like, "Hey Willie, I saw you going down the road." I was trying to stop y'all to tell y'all not to go down there. It was too late, man. The brother's car was underwater. He got it out, but because my brother and dad were both, like, mechanically, they could fix anything, they took that engine apart, they cleaned it. Like, he got it back up and running, like, even though it had been submerged in water. 
What color was the new carpet? <laughs> the, Fish the, brown. The new carpet, I don't remember what he put in after that, but that new carpet that got flooded was green. It was like green and white. That's it was funny. a big, thick pile. That's funny. Which thick pile is what they used to call You're, me. Are you the only good performer in your company? In your uh, in my family? In your family? Uh, were you, the, were you yeah. always an actor as a kid? No, no. I, uh, I am the only one who does it for, like I said, everybody is... Everybody is funny in my family. Right. I could be easily the least funniest person in my family. That makes sense. I'm the only, of course. I am the only one who decided to just leave home and, and go do it. Are they all back in Fayetteville? Everybody's back around Fayetteville. Are yeah. they really? Yeah. Everybody's Were they like, where are you going, Gary? They're all stars of Marvel Comics movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. I, I forgot honestly, to mention that. I might be moving back to Fayetteville. I like some work. Yeah. That, well, they got it down there, man. They're yeah. handing it out. Um, what was your dad like when you were like, did you start acting in high school? I did. I started in, in high school. A computer error put me in an acting class. <laughs> and I was too lazy to get out of it. So I was like, oh, this is fun. And then I just stayed in it. But I always intended to do something else. And then... Uh, As we all did. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just thought, you and know... now there's nothing else I can do. Right. I have no discernible skills. Right. And plus... I. At that time, I thought, well, I can't make a living acting. And then I did it a little, and then people started paying me to do it. I was like, oh, I guess I can. I'll do it for a little while. Did you go to college for it? I went to college for two years. Uh, first of all, I was a straight-A student. Let's just get this out of the way right Well, you've now. lied so many times. I don't know if we can take I haven't. That. I have told literally zero lies at this table today. Okay. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> you got me. We'll have to show the transcripts. You cracked well, we're going to look the transcripts up. Um. So I went to college for two years, and then uh, two things important in my career happened in college. One was uh, my director there and my high school director, who is seriously probably the best director I've ever met, uh, Robin Bennett. But in college, uh, Elliot Wasserman, he, he's like, you really should just make acting your career. Go do a couple of movies as an extra, and then, then just go be an actor. I'm like, oh, really? Is it, is it that easy? Yeah. It is. Actually, I guess it is. If somebody tells you, then you go, oh, okay. Then he's like, oh, I got a friend who works at Shakespeare Festival. You know, you can do an internship there or something or go do a couple. I'm like, oh, all right. So that was important. The other important thing that happened was one day in my college, there was a guy come. He came down to do <laughs> to do a one-day improv workshop. And everybody's like, oh, improv, have you heard of it? No, what is it? He's like, you just make stuff up. Oh, that's cool. So I'd go do the one-day improv workshop. And at the end of the workshop, takes me by the shoulder and he leads me to the side and he goes, you really shouldn't do improv. It's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I... That's crazy. I grew up in a big family. I was like, oh, okay, okay. You're right. one of the best improvisers I was like, all right, know. This all right. Is but I don't... I'm not gonna... Li like, the last thing I was gonna do was listen to anybody. I was like, all right, okay. And then, like, the next year, I moved to Atlanta and I'm working with him at the theater, you know. The guy like, who told you we're not doing to stuff do together. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, that guy who told me not to do it, whose name I won't even say on, on air. But uh, <laughs> have you talked? Have you talked to him since and been like, "Hey, no, you know, the improv thing—it kind of worked out." I'm on whose line is it anyway? No, I don't. You know what, man? He might still look at it and go, "Dude, I told him not to do that. <laughs> it is clearly not for him." No, no, he's working. He's on a television. Oh no, yeah, but that's but, not for him. But no, seriously. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But he's, oh. but it's not for him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. That, Wait, so, do you remember that class being like, was it just not working? Or were you, no, it, it feels like. It, it was working. It felt like, <laughs> I feel like it was working. I think whatever it is he wanted me to do, obviously I wasn't 
That dude's doing a racist. It. Yeah. Oh, clearly he's racist. <laughs> that dude's a and racist. And then, then I meet my, then I saw, I used to go see this improv group in Atlanta called Laughing Matters. And I would just sit there in awe of these guys. And then one day, my buddy Vince Tortorici, who is no longer with us, um, he's like, hey, man, they need an extra person in that show tonight. And I had never done improv in front of an audience ever. He's like, you want to do it? I was like, yeah, because I would just go watch the shows sure. all the time. So I met, I meet these guys. They were the oldest improv comedy group in Atlanta, like the most established one. And they meet me on the street one night, and they go, so you're going to do the show with us? And like, this was the show, and because they totally trusted my buddy Vince Tortorici. Right. Like they wouldn't, he like they wouldn't bring us this an idiot. So I did the show with them that night, and then later they invited me to be part of their troupe, and they're still in Atlanta right now. And this was. Years and years and years That's and years funny, ago. Man. Yeah, like blind. it is funny when you first start out. Like I started in San Diego, and it was similar. Like there was a group there, and you know, they were revered. Yeah. And then now, now you're like in Hollywood, and we've been in a bunch of shows and movies. And you look back and you go, "Wow, that's so small time." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at but, the time, it's so like, oh no, my god, still, I'm gonna be on this stage. But still, those guys yeah. are awesome. All right? They it's amazing. are awesome. Like if I go back tomorrow I would do I do show, you know, I go do sh because they are awesome. They really and more than anything like I would watch them like Tommy Emilio Pare. I would watch them how they dealt with the audience. Like they yeah. knew how to take an audience along for the ride with yeah. them. Yeah. And like still I can learn so I learned so much from each one of those members of that group, man. That's that, cool. that I still, you know, use every day. You know what I mean? So you jumped to L.A. Was you, did your father go like, yeah, good luck? Or was he like, what are you doing? It was very, no, he was not. My family, my mother and dad never were like, don't do that. They, they were never those parents. Even like with raising kids, my mother never said, you know, that's not a good idea. They really knew how to just keep out of your way and let well, you. Well, there was nine of so they not. probably were like, it, it probably took up. them three months to figure out. They were like, we can lose gone. one. They were like, where's Gary? <laughs> Gary left six months ago. You no, didn't hear? I didn't leave until I was an adult, man. Um, this casting director down there, Shay Griffin, one day she came to me and goes, you've done everything you can do here. You should go to L.A. now. I'm like, oh, okay. It's the but, same way the other guy told me to go be an actor. But you were also pretty smart because by the time you came to L.A., you probably had some credits. And I had, had some credits and already I SAG. already joined SAG. I did the same in San yeah. Diego and I didn't know how lucky I was because when I got here, everyone's like, it's really hard to yeah. get a SAG job. Yeah. And I was like, well, I already did three or four in San Diego. Yeah, and that's so exactly kind of what the, the lady there, Shay Griffin, that's what she told me. There. She's like, get your SAG card before you leave. Yep. Like, she was super helpful. People here are fighting for vouchers to be yeah. an extra to get Like, it. I was yeah. like, what are, vou what know, are vouchers? Right? Like, how do you go, get a voucher? I was like, I, I don't know what a voucher is. <laughs> I came from Georgia. It was a right-to-work state. What were the shows? What were the shows you did in Georgia? Uh, I did uh, In the Heat of the Night. Carol O'Connor? Yeah. So, one yeah. episode, I played a dude who this lady boss had accused me of killing her husband and she did it herself. Of course she, she did. hit him over the head and then accused Always the black dude. Always blame the black dude. She did. And then in another episode I played a drug dealer down in the they bottom. They kept bringing you back. In the bottom. Yeah, well, look. He's like, oh man, put this wig on. You look different. <laughs> Yeah, like they didn't have that many black actors That's down a there. Racist dude, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Shut up. That paid my. That I know. Paid for stuff. I did the same thing in a couple shows where they. I don't think they knew, and they brought me back like three years later. I did Grounder for Life as two different characters, but yeah. they just didn't know, and I didn't tell them. Oh, they knew. They'd already done it three years. Oh, earlier. these people knew. <laughs> That's they awesome. Knew. They Get knew. Get Gary. Put him in a wig and a mustache. No, but no I was t look, man. I was talking different. I have you are, hair you are, you different. can do all kinds yeah. of characters. Yeah. So I, I went and did it again. That's Here's awesome, the funny part. Dude. The first time I did um, Heat of the Night, 
uh, I talked to a buddy of mine who's she was like a renowned Atlanta actress. She goes, look, they're looking for Southern down there, but don't do Southern black. Southern black and Southern white are two totally different sounds. They were like, she said, don't do it. They don't know what that is. You need to do Southern. You need to do Southern white for them for your audition. When you get the job, you can do Southern black, but for the audition, do Southern white. I was like, okay, I'll do that. And I got in the room. And it was, oh, what's his name? Uh, JR. What's his name? Uh, Larry Hagman. Larry Hagman was directing it. Shut up. That's Larry Hagman was directing it. That's hilarious. And uh, so I did my character, but I did Southern White. Got the job, and then I came to the set, and it's like, I'm not doing that. All my black friends will laugh at me if they hear me talking like a Southern White dude. So then I did Southern Black. and what's I want to hear what Southern uh, Black and Southern White sounds like. Well, you know, Southern Black, kind of like that thing I was doing with my daddy. Yeah. Really yeah, yeah. That's, that's Southern Black sound. Get, get over here. Get, get over here and give me that. Get that off the shelf over there. Southern, uh, Southern white might be, you know, it's a little bit. It's that thing that you're used to hearing. Get, get over here. Get that. Th- Boy, don't make me come over there. You don't want me to come over there. That's so funny, yeah. dude. Yeah. I can totally see them going, yes. Uh, oh, uh, I know that sound. Gary, I'm familiar so with that. amazing. That's it's so like my, true. It's my, my, like I know that sound. I'm, I'm familiar with that sound. That right. is welcoming to me. When my kid was little, he had very loose curls, like big fluffy hair, and white women could not help but touch his head. And I think it was, I know that, I know that hair. <laughs> this child looks different to me, but I know that hair. He's and it was white. like always, let me touch that. May I touch that? They would, they then they wouldn't ask. They just touch it, and then they started asking, "May I, may I touch your hair? Is it okay if I touch your hair?" And now. In his yearbook, all the kids wrote two things. And this will be funny to you, Andy, knowing how serious my kid likes to be. Ethan, I am going to miss your jokes. You're the funniest person I know. This joke, joke. Yeah, right? Because at school, he gets there with his science nerd friends, and he starts cracking science nerd jokes. And the other one was, I really want to touch your hair. May I touch your hair someday? Please let me touch your hair. That's right. <laughs> that's what. That's it. That's what they want from him. Like, Keep holding out, son. That's awesome. Were you always good with accents? I, no, I, I'm, de- I'm decent. Did you enough study, with accents. Did you study them, or no, is it I'm a natural with, thing that came? I used to watch. I remember the first time my cousin. We were watching some English show, and I did an an English accent for my cousin Kimball, and he was like, "Oh, that's really good." I was like, "Oh, really? Oh, okay." But I was always I always did voices. Like yeah. I'm more I'm I'm better with just creating voices than I am with accents. I'm pretty good with dialects. Right. It just depends on on the accent. Well, yeah. people are definitely going to recognize you from a million things, but I don't think people understand the amount of voice work that you've done. I mean, my kid, I told you my kids are going to lose their minds. I do a lot do of Mustafa. I do a lot of throat acting. A lot of throat acting. On Disney Which is by the way, the greatest Throat job act- in town. Throat acting is great. Oh my god! You don't have to shower. Change. You, just you should, but you don't have to. No, you should shower. You really you, should. I mean, you should shower, but yeah. everything else you don't have to do anything. You just show up and use your voice. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of those actors. Who go, it's so tough. You know, there's no costumes and no props, and you just have to step up there and do it. And it's so difficult. It's like, stop! No, that's. Oh, cool. I'm the opposite. I, that, yes, I don't of want. Course. Why would I want to get in makeup for two hours? Great. It's 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 easy. It's easier. Can you do a couple? Then. Do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. No, well, I in the I was in the live action movie, so I actually played a character that was very close to myself, 
and then I morph into the character. And they didn't want to change it up a lot. Michael Bay was like, no, no, we like we like your voice. So he kept it very close very to my just voice. The way you are. Except when he got bigger, you know, he just I just made him sound a little bit bigger when yeah. I when I morphed into the warthog, but I kept it pretty much the same. On um the Lion Guard. The Lion Guard. Yeah. And every time <laughs> I do gonna lose every time mind. I do that, I listen to James Earl Jones because I always think of his voice as a lot deeper than it actually is. It's just a certain round tone he has that I that I'm able to do you, you kind of do CNN. Simba. Yes. This is CNN. Then on, <laughs> That's awesome. On dude. another Disney show I did you, called uh Sheriff Kelly's Wild West, I played these two pig brothers who were um, Dusty and Dirty Dan. So I got to play against myself all right. the time. So it was like, um, hey there, Dusty, how you doing? Well, Dirty Dan, I am doing fine. Well, big brother, you sure are doing fine. So I would literally like sing songs with myself on that show. That was That's fantastic, so amazing, man. I, you know, and I then I was on Caracas on the bone. <laughs> oh, Lord, how much? What's the one you do on Doc McStuffins? It's, a, it's almost me, except, okay. Uh, I was doing this show called Special Agent Oso, uh, and I was Oso's boss, Mr. Dose, which was very much James Earl Jones. And then uh, the lady came in one day, and she goes, hey, um, the guy who created uh, that show, Special Agent Oso, he's like, this is my friend Chris Nee, and she has just created a new show called Doc McStuffins, and it's going to be on Disney. And she's casting for it right now. And I was like, oh, cool. I want to be in it. And she goes, really? What are you going to do? And I said, I want to be the little girl. I want to be Doc McStuffin. And she goes, well, let me hear it. And I did something like, hey, there, everybody. I'm Doc McStuffin. <laughs> Just screwing with her, right? <laughs> she goes, oh, okay. Yeah, thanks, buddy. And then later she really calls me in and I auditioned for the dad, for Doc McStuffin's dad. And I auditioned and go, Gary, um, you sound too heavy. You just sound too heavy. He's a thin man. Can you make him sound thinner? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. So then I just raised my pitch a little bit. It's pretty much me. Doc, Donnie, time for breakfast. It's pretty much me, just with a higher, thinner pitch. Boy, <laughs> it sure is a pretty day today, Doc. Your mom's going to be home from work soon. I'll be out in the garden. You sound so skinny. I know. Honestly, you sound really thin. Doc, Donnie. Yeah, yeah. That's so good, so, dude. Yeah, man. But that's what's funny. I mean, most of the people who listen to this are parents, and they're all going to go, "Yep, yep, yep." Know that guy right down the list. That's that's that what's funny. But it's I mean, that's those are so. It's such a great skill. You see yeah. people who can do that to go back and forth. I love Phil Hendry, where you're ta- you're doing the same character simultaneously. Phil Hendry is a monster. It's really hard. If people out there don't know who Phil Hendry is, look him up. Yeah. Nobody in the world that I know can really do what Phil Hendry does. I tried one time. I used to do a Sirius XM radio show, yeah. and I tried it one show, and like 30 seconds in, it all fell apart. But he, I was like, that's hi, this is your caller. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I couldn't put yeah. it together, and he holds it together he for hours. He's doing that's it crazy. for hours. I heard him do an entire baseball game once. As the, as the commentators on the baseball game, he did nine <laughs> innings of a game. He did one where it was the L.A. Dodgers playing all the famous monkeys from movies like um, King Kong and Mighty Joe Young, but it was the Dodgers, but he was calling the whole game play-by-play. And he did another one, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was the L.A. Dodgers versus all of the black characters on food boxes, like Uncle Ben. It was the Dodgers playing Uncle Ben, Aunt Jemima. Count Chocula. Yeah, well. Wait, back up. Soon. Is he Too not African-American? Too soon, man. 
Gone Count Chocula? Too soon. Uh, that's my bad. What about Frankenberry? Too soon, dude. That's my bad. Seriously. I'm sorry about that. All right. Ugh. So you leave Atlanta. You're a working actor. I, I leave you Atlanta as a working LA. actor. Yeah. You, you started working pretty quickly. Uh, it was in. hard, man. It was starting over when I got yeah, out here. It's for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, were you, my, you weren't married at that point. I was married. I oh, got married. Were. I got married in Hotlanta. Okay, uh, you and your wife met in Atlanta. We met in Atlanta. Got married in Vegas, but we met in Atlanta. Okay, we were together. So she came with you. Oh yeah, we had been together. What, was she like, let's do this, or was she like, she what are was. You talking she got. About? I was going to come out here myself and just kick it around for pilot season, as you like to say, Andy. Just kick it around. I say that all the time. Yeah, uh, and sometimes when it when you're not even kicking it around, you'll say I, it. I also say punch it around. Oh yeah, let's yeah. punch it around, man. See what happens. Uh, and he also says, "See what haps," and says, "He's a happy." He doesn't. It's annoying. His to impression me of me is it. impeccable. Honestly, uh, I thought uh, it was spot you. on. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. You sounded like <laughs> exactly what he sounds like. Uh, now do him a little skinnier. That's exactly right. Because <laughs> skinny guys all talk high. Uh, so my wife got laid off from her job. I was going to come out here for pilot season. She got laid off. She's like, "Let's just move." And then why not? And we sold that. We put the house up for sale. We thought it was going to be on the market for a couple of weeks. It sold within thirty minutes, for real. And before it even you hit were the a market, homeowner. I was a homeowner in Atlanta. As a, did you have a day job? I acted full time, dude. Look, dude, I'm a professional actor. It was pretty great. But I'm I mean, a to think how actor. many people? How many people do we know who are actors who are not homeowners? One a lot? I don't know. What, what am I going for here? I don't know a lot. Okay. I feel like I feel like a lot of people. Either I know one who are or a lot. a lot, and I don't know. Which I don't one, know where the answer. What answer you were kind of a new actor in Atlanta, doing a couple episodes in the heat of the night, and you I, guys owned a home. I was doing a lot of. I was doing whatever TV and movies came through there. I was doing a lot of radio commercials. They didn't have animation, but ah, a lot of radio. Your voice was already taken off at that. Point. Yeah, my voice was taken off, and I was doing. A show in Atlanta at a dinner theater called Agatha's Taste of Mystery Dinner Theater. Course, that sounds. And we made so, I kid you not, much money back then working at really? that show. I made crazy money back working at that dinner theater because there was only two actors and you played all the different roles in the show. You may play six or seven different characters in a crazy. night. And we made a lot of money doing was, dinner theater. Was this equity show or was it? It was not equity. And it was it was right on Peachtree Street in the in Midtown Atlanta, and everybody who worked there made money. You must know you're one of the few actors I've ever spoken to who immediately made money in this business. Most oh. actors I know are like, yeah, I didn't monetize this for quite a few years. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think about it. I think <laughs> if you think about stuff, it might not happen. That's just, true. Just go do it, man. Well, it's, it's always good to make just money at what you're doing. It so, is. So you came out. How long before you had your son? Uh, we came out here in nineteen year of our Lord, nineteen ninety eight, mm -hmm. as you like to say, mm -hmm. and uh, and then he was born in two thousand three. Mm -hmm. So what is that? How many years is that? That's five. Five years, yes. five American Ninth years. You could ask your son; he's good at math. He's very good at math. He's so good at math that he did a couple of years ago. He said, "Uh, Dad, I did I did the math. Um, you have about forty more years to live." I was like, "Okay, thanks, buddy." So you let me know that. Uh, so yeah, I don't five. know if I like that. <laughs> I do. I mean, forty's good. It gives me what I need. What if you come back? He goes, you know, I, I I miscalculated. It's actually only eighteen. I better start enjoying. Here's forty here's, minutes. Here's how cold blooded my son is. He's actually, Andy, you haven't seen him 
Yeah, I've seen him a little lately. He's actually softened up. He had gone through this thing where he's like, I'm not smiling in any photographs. I was like, why won't well, he's you? He's 14. This was before. Now he's softening up at 14. He's like, if I go to a party and I don't have a good time the entire time I'm there and I'm smiling on a picture, it's just like I'm lying to everybody that I just had a good time the whole time. So Welcome to smi- Facebook. He didn't smile. I let it go. But now suddenly he started smiling. So one time, this is during Quake's. When you know how we go through like little quake seasons out here, it was like a time we were having a lot of quakes, and I was worried that he was worried. And I said, "Buddy, if there's ever a quake and I'm not home, don't worry, I'll get back to you." I think I told you this, Andy. And he's like, "Well, how how long will it take?" I was like, "I don't know, son, but I'll get to you. Don't worry. I just don't want you to worry about." It. He's like, "Okay, if I don't see you in an hour, I'll consider you dead." <laughs> like, oh. like, dude, I could be. 60 minutes? I could be at the Hollywood Bowl. Without an earthquake, it's going to take 60 minutes to get back from Santa Monica. (laughs) Jesus, He's like, And he he just repeated, if I don't see you in an hour, I'll consider you dead. But he he had to move on. That was his point. How's how's he doing right now? We should have had him. We've been here about 50 minutes. I I know. He's already got another dad by now. (laughs) He's calling up the neighbors. Hey, you guys feel parental? (laughs) How was it when you first had him? Did it change your life? It made me... Go, I never knew I could love something as much as I love this little thing. And they smell good, mm-hmm. you know, and nature does that so you don't throw their little butts out the window, you know what I mean? He smelled good, and it, and we hit it off immediately. And then when, as he was growing up, like, he only wanted to be with me. Like, my wife was just a pair of titties that made milk. He did not. Really? Yeah. That he only wanted to be with me. Like, if I was picking up the dog poop in the yard, literally, he'd go, can I pick up the dog poop with you, Dad? Yeah, of course you can, son. It's always going to be this way. So, uh, Basically, he can come pick up my, I walk with my little girl, and I'm like, you pick up the poop. She goes, not a chance. Yeah, that's not She's happening. She's four. Yeah, that's not happening now. That ain't <laughs> happening at my house now. But yeah, it was. That's pretty cool. I, I, no, I, I loved it. I, I always. What, did I your wife wanted, resent it at all? I'm sh- you have to, right? If My wife would be parents, a little peeved. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you made, you like, she literally made that. She, she made yeah. that. She made that child. Yeah. I mean, my, our pregnancy, my wife threw up both times, all nine months. Like, my wife The threw pregnancy up my, was so brutal for same her. Same with mine. Yeah. That by the end, I was like, we're both parents, but I never felt equal. I always feel like, well, she, I mean, she really did most of the work. I always feel a little guilty about like, yeah, I didn't. I like to make it seem the opposite. You go, to it's all me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Look what I did. Look what I made. How, what, like we, it was, I mean, it was trouble. I wasn't sure we were going to survive the first couple of years of oh, birth. Oh, really? Because wow. we, I mean, my, my, my wife was hormonal. Her body had gone through this crazy change. I mean, there were, t- there were nights I was afraid to go to sleep. Like, I was like, she's going to kill me. Ma. Well, I, you know, I was, uh. My son was born jaundiced, so it, we had to feed him every two hours. That's through the night and everything for the first week or so or more. Like had to, I'd go wake him up, I'd hook him up to her boob, and she'd feed him, and then I'd have to get him back to sleep. And he didn't want to wake up, of course. He didn't want to go back to sleep. And then two hours later, I'm doing it. So for the first week or more, nobody slept ever more than two hours in no. that house. And I remember sitting, driving home one day, like feeling wide awake and then waking up at a stoplight a block from my house, like in my car, like with horns blaring around me, like, what just happened? I was asleep. I couldn't sleep. 10 days after he was born, I have to fly to shoot a movie 
in Canada. And my wife was like, and I was like, I, I can't sleep anymore. And she said, look, when you get there, get some uh, Tylenol PM. It has codeine in it yeah. up there. So I get there. Like the flight is late. I take some Tylenol PM. I drink a beer. I've never even taken any before. I drink a beer. I guess I'll do it. It's like 1 a.m. It's 1 a.m. The phone rings. Hey, Gary, this is your driver. I'll be there in the morning. Okay, what time? I'll, I'll pick you up at 4 a.m. You'll what? Get you at 4. I'm going to pick you up at 4. Okay, it's 1 a.m. And I've just taken a 12 hour, 12 hour. Tylenol PM <laughs> and a beer, right? So. Unless your character is supposed to be unconscious, I feel uh, like I, it's going to be a tough shoot. Dude, my man. I wake up, I guess 3.30 to get ready, <laughs> and I feel amazing. I feel like this, like the world looks crystal clear. <laughs> I, I go there, I, I drive there, I'm in the makeup trailer. They do the makeup, and here's what happens, dude. <laughs> so I'm walking out of the makeup trailer, and by the way, backstory. Almost every night of my life, for real, I dream that I can fly. Like, almost every night, I dream. Like, right now, if this was a dream, I'd say, see you guys later. I'd open your door, and I'd fly wherever I'm going next, right? So I'm walking on the makeup trailer, and I turn to the makeup lady, and I go, you know what? I think I'm going to fly down the stairs. And she goes, what? And that's when it hit me. I am messed up. I was totally high. I was still somewhere in a dream state. I literally thought. I could fly. And she goes, what? And I go, oh, nothing. Never mind. Because I was about to straighten my legs and just jump out of the trailer like I do in my dreams and go fly off somewhere. And I would have just broken everything. So that <laughs> they was. I think you're a drug addict. They're like, did we hire a drug addict? No, What's but she here? just thought, what did he say? And then I was like, nothing. I'm just running lines. It was oh, just, my gosh. It's a technique so I use. When I watch that movie now, like part of it, I, re like, I, what I remember. What movie is it? It was Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. And like part of it, I remember like in the jail. So I was like, oh, yeah, I remember shooting that. And then some of it, I go, I don't remember I mean, that. <laughs> I don't remember like, that at all. Look like how good I was acting. I, <laughs> I sure acted good when I, I was, was lost in the moment. I was in that moment, man. <laughs> People who just had a baby should have like a flag on their head and on their car. Yeah. Like a student driver, it should be like, I have a newborn at home. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm asleep at a stop sign. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get any sleep, and no. then you know my wife was like, "There's only so much you can do to help her," and she wanted. She was like, "I want to kill you." Basically, I think she blamed me for planting a seed inside of her that I ripped think her open. For me, like I had a lot of. My wife is has one brother. She wasn't around that many babies. I was around babies all the time, so yeah. I always wanted to be a dad. And we had said, "Look, if we can't have our own, we'll just adopt." So I always wanted to be a dad. So I welcomed exactly that. Yeah. I welcomed like holding this little dude and trying to figure out what he's about, you know. So that part did not bother me so much. And I was so tired, unlike being broke. Like I was so tired that I did not really know I was tired until you wake right. up you wake up at a stoplight and people are mad at you. Right. And your son is mixed race. He is, yes. He's very he's I I call him a Mexican American. But people think that means he's Mexican. What's he's not. Uh, what's he's just your mixed wife's, up. Oh, um, she's pure white, dude. Pure we just did <laughs> seriously, we just did twenty three and me. And my son goes, Mom, you're boring. Like so he's he's half boring and then he's half black. What was that like growing up? Did people do you ever remember people giving you grief or people kind of uh, noticing more so? I mean you're in Los Angeles, so you're it's probably more liberal than he, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. When you he, when when you went back to Fayetteville. Yeah. Now in my family it's okay. Because my cousin Robert, 
Plus, first of all, my my they were just not judgmental people, as I told you with right. careers and babies. They were like, "Hey, I'm gonna do it. Life you of life, man. Let's yeah. get through this thing." So my cousin Robert, I remember he had this. He dated a white chick, so I thought. But what I now think is that Robert was a pimp, for real. I think he was a pimp because uh, he had a big fancy car and he always had guns and he was always immaculately dressed. But I think his number one well, girl, totally and pimp. I might be wrong. If one of my cousins hear this and I'm wrong, then you know, text me and let me know. Don't call me. Um, oh, nobody is ever going to hear this. No. I literally put this together just to get away from my kids for an oh, hour. Oh, dig it. Totally yeah, understand. I wouldn't quiet, want to be around just them. quiet time. Uh, but so my my grandmother had already accepted a white lady coming into the house. And so my dad, you know, my, they were those, you know, be happy kind of people. So that was never an issue with my family. And with my, wife, family? with my wife's mom and dad, very liberal, college professor, uh, like very liberal. With her, her grandma, uh, one of her grandmas, they never introduced me to. They just, they just knew like, that that'll kill her. That work. That'll kill her immediately. You know, she's already got a few years later and drops. But the other grandma, she was more inclined to hate Mexicans than black people because she's from Texas. So she met me, and I became one of her best friends. Right. Like I could make her laugh when nobody else could make her laugh, and she liked me, and she loved. Ethan, you know, when he was a little baby. Did he ever have to deal with any uh, any people giving him grief about it? I don't know what he goes through at school, and he keeps everything very close to, to, the, uh, to the vest. But he did, we were home recently, and he sees, like, go home to Fayetteville, and he sees all these Trump signs and stuff, and he's like, what? He, he'll always go, like, this doesn't even seem real to me. And then he heard his little cousin Jalen one day say a racist thing and uh Jalen is black and he said this racist thing and my son was like what are you saying do you realize what you sound like now like like what would he say what's his what, what well, are... one one time we were walking into Walmart there and there was a guy with a turban on it was actually a, a chic a, a, a Sikh headdress and he goes Jalen with me and Ethan he goes the guy's not coming into the Walmart, right? Like, yeah, I think he's coming in. He's headed this way. He's like, it's a they, Walmart. They don't want him in there. What are you saying? He's he's gonna blow it up. He's gonna blow the whole place up. It's like, do you really think that guy? Yes, he's Muslim. He's gonna. I was like, I don't think he's Muslim. And if he is, I still don't think he's gonna blow the. Gary, the Muslims want to kill us. Wow. I was like, Ethan, how many Muslims are in the world? And he knew. Blah, 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 to the, blah, to blah. The, to the person. He did, because I think he had just been studying at school. Blah, 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 blah. But they're mostly in these locations, blah, blah, blah. And how many people are in the world, blah, blah, blah. So it equaled about one in ten or something, right? right? So I said, Jalen, if you think one in ten people in this world wanted to blow us up, if they just had the desire, don't you think we'd all be dead now? If they really wanted to kill us, we'd be gone. Right. I don't care what you say, Uncle Gary. They want to kill And Ethan was like, this doesn't seem... Real. He said, I thought this was something that people just said on TV or on the radio. It's like, right. yeah, he could not get in his mind how Well, they're taught that, and that's the opening story every night in the news. Yeah. And now with Trump, is almost like a freedom to go, yeah, that yeah. is, that is. I mean, the travel yeah. ban just got okayed by the Supreme Court, so yeah. apparently it's, maybe, maybe it is true. Yeah. 
I don't. Yeah, if you're I, gonna blow something up, why are you blowing the Walmart up? Yeah. Man? We all need the Walmart. Yeah, we need the Walmart. We gotta have the Walmart. You gotta have. Yeah, gotta have the Walmart. You can buy ammunition in the Walmart. Don't blow up yeah. the place you can get your ammunition. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if he deals with any. I don't know what he deals. I know he will at some point because you, even though he's totally mixed, open and talk about everything. Oh my God! Yeah, you do. Yeah, and do even though he's mixed, he looks he looks like a black kid. Oh, even yeah. though he's registered. Here's the beauty: if you have a mixed race kid in LA. Here's a secret to you parents. Depending on where you want them to go to school, you get to play if they're black or white. In public, ah. if you want them to go, here's a great thing that we just learned. If you want to go, not, not charter school, what do they call those other schools? Private schools? No. Uh, give me another name. Uh, I, my kids aren't only in preschool yet. Uh, okay. Uh, I can't remember the name of them now. So, not charter. No, let's shut up. Just shut up. Okay, done. Uh, just shut your shut your sweet. Okay. Just shut it's your no sweet. Deal. Done. I'm closed. Sweet Andy Lerner kissing anymore. hole. I've stopped talking. If you want them to go to one of those schools, the schools that will remain nameless. Uh, I can't believe I'm doing this. It's better that they are they are white because those schools were originally set up to bring more color into right. the neighborhoods, and they were in white neighborhoods. Now those schools are in Latino neighborhoods, so they need white people need coming white back people. in. So I can check which box my kid is, depending on, if you want them to go to public school, you regular public school, make him black. Mm. If you want them to go to private school, make him black. If you want them to go to one of these charter I know what you're talking about, yeah, things, another type yeah. of school, yeah, yeah. Then you, and you make him white. Yeah. And so I told him, like, the first year he was in school, they don't have on LAUSD paperwork, they don't have the, that box for other. Like, you're either black or white, you're Asian, and ask you what type of Asian, and something else, right? Muslim. Yeah, or Muslim. But they don't have that type of other, so he enrolled, and my wife was like, well, what am I checking here? I'm white, my husband's black. They're like, typically you check whatever the mother is. So the first year he was white, and then we find out, oh, the school gets more money if he's black. So then that year I said, hey, Ethan, when you go to school this year, buddy, you're going to be black. All right. There it is. And so now he's in this school. I was like, hey, you're going to be, you're going to be white when you go to this, this school because you're in, you're in the science. I had a similar academy. thing when I was a kid. I could either check uh, English or Irish. Oh, and so oh, you got that it choice. really, really split got that where, I, yeah. where I went to. Oh, which one just, I, I mean, but, you know, the English screwed yeah. all the Irish anyway, so it's, we're basically all English. Yeah, you did the it's same thing. My kid is like you know he's half white, so he's got a lot of European in him in his blood. I'm always amazed when people like give like that give your son grief and go ah you're mixed or whatever. It's like if history's taught us anything, those are typically the most beautiful people. Yeah, honor nature makes Lenny them beautiful. Kravitz, nature Halle makes Berry. them beautiful, so they yes. don't get hit. Yes. Yeah. I honestly, I could really use some more pigment. I in feel my bad skin. when I see a white baby. Just like it's you're like, not going to grow up beautiful. You're white. You're just white. It's not, you don't you have need, a chance. You, need just you have a little, no chance. Like a hot fudge sundae. <laughs> it makes me want to give them a hand up in life to pay them more, especially if they're male. Pay them more than the females, or pay them more than the blacks or the right. Latinos. It makes me want to help the white guy out. Well, maybe you could adopt a few. Make them beautiful. You could adopt a few more. You talked oh, about adoption. Oh, dude, I got like six white chicks I adopted last week, dude. Six, I, I like thirty-something-year-old white young, chicks. A uh, girl from Thailand who who cleans my house as well, but it's not. No, no, man. Hey, that's hey, so, that's this is bad. the time I'm we're sorry. living. I'm going to get you're a good dad. That. You're a real good dad. Um, have you ever been told that you are the worst parent? 
By my wife. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, my son, and my kids. My son one day at dinner, he said, told you the worst. He, he, no, he's like, Mom, Dad, you are the worst parents in the world. It's like, really, Ethan? Yes. Worse than people who burn their kids with cigarettes. You are the worst parents. So I immediately went home, and got on my computer, made out a certificate on this day, July 9th, two thousand twelve, whatever year it was. Gary and Leslie Williams became the worst parents in the world. They tried to get him what to sign it. Well, it was. It, it, I, I burned him with a cigarette. I, I, I burned him with a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even smoke. So, and nobody in the room smoked. So I had to get, get the waiter. The waiter, could you go across lighter. the street to Tony's? Get a cigarette. It's burning a kid if you don't smoke. And he brought back a menthol. I was like, I don't want to burn him with a menthol cigarette. No. Give me some American spirit. Yep, there you oh, go. It feels good to joke about burning kids with cigarettes yeah. again. Oh, uh, oh we're great. Pure does comedy. Your, does your father, uh, does your son love your sense of humor, or does he like, Dad, stop it. Nobody he, wants to hear your stupid jokes. He never really tells me to stop it. Like, everybody goes, does your dad embarrass you? He's like, no. He's so used to it. And now that I know that in his circle that he was in the last school with, that he's actually a funny guy in his circle. So he's probably just sitting there like learning and getting. But material. when you're on uh, something that's high profile, do you become the cool dad? He never, he never, like his friends will go, hey, I saw your dad on TV. He's like, what? Because he, he doesn't watch anything that Did I'm you on. You take him the premiere of Teenage Mutant Ninja He Turtles? went to that. He went to that several times. So he was cool with that. And he met the guy who I was starring in it with uh, a wrestler named Seamus. He's Irish. You should know him. I know exactly uh, who he is. Yeah, 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 Stephen Farley, a.k.a. Seamus. He and Ethan hit it off real big, and he and my buddy Brian T., who's in the movie, played Shredder, and Brittany. We all hit it off, and we just hung out all the time. So Ethan would come up and visit. So he was like, it was like buddies of his. Yeah. Man. So that he went to several times to that premiere. But in general, like even when I was on Boston Legal, I was like, hey, buddy, if you want to come on the set with, you, with me, you can, as long as you don't talk. And he was like, I'll talk. <laughs> like, okay, never mind. I invite him to stuff all the time. He just has no interest. He listens to me on podcasts. Sure. Well, you know, the podcasts. funny thing is, it's like we've invited other people our whole lives to sets, and, and but you tell them you're going to be horribly bored in about 20 minutes. Yeah. And then you'll eat some craft services, and then you'll leave. And they go, no, I, I love it. I love it. And then they get there, and 20 minutes later, like, I can't watch this anymore. Yeah. I can't watch you yeah. shoot the same scene for 12 hours. It's killing me. Yeah. and, and It's killing me too, dude. I get yeah. This is the job we have. I just think a lot of it is just – Simply not his interest, and he's like Andy. How happy that, are you that the kid's not going? I, I would. Would you, know you want him in acting? Honestly, I'd be fine either way. I'd be if, fine if, if he, if he went. Hey, him. I really want to take up acting. I'm like, I'm pretty much like my mom and dad. I think I'm pretty much a shoulder shrugger. Like, do oh, whatever okay. you want. Yeah, but but as love as what you do. Yeah, that's what I say the same. But I, you see people in Hollywood who are like, oh, my kid's going to be an actor. No, that's because you wanted to be an actor. Yeah. I, I used to, when I was driving around with him a lot, and we'd be headed somewhere, and we'd see people coming home in their car with those sad faces, like coming home from whatever long work day they hated. And I always would go, son, look at their face and make sure that's never you coming home from work. Don't be that face. So whatever you do, find something that's not going to make you look like that <laughs> at the end of the day. So... I've looked, and the only thing is trust fund. Trust fund kid is the thing that would make me smile the most. And just oh, wow. Just rich, just filthy rich You know rich what? I individual. need to get rich for my child. I would love to be just plain rich with money. Dude, I see your home right have now. have to work. I see your home. Yeah, but it's, I've worked for it. We've worked. So, yeah, I don't want to work anymore. 
Gary, I just want to play golf and have a couple drinks and you play some gin rummy with my friends. You have an in-kitchen swimming pool, yes, which I've never that's seen. That's true, and the, you saw the lifeguard. Be careful, it, because I, people drowned in there before. Oh, okay. It's scary in there. He's got... All right, I have a couple questions that I kind of uh, bring it all home with. All right. Um, God, I what, answer these questions. What? These, and honestly, this will dictate um, your score. I'm going to, uh, while you do this, I'm going to whistle because I, I, I'm trying to get a lot of whistling work, as Andy knows. Yes. And no one hires me for whistling. So while you read my questions, I'm going to I think he's one of the premier whistlers. Let's hear hear some whistling, and I'll do it. Okay. Go do while you're doing your thing. Uh, The first question is, uh, what is a trait that you hope your son gets from you, and what is a trait that you hope your son does not get from you? Uh, I want my son to to get from me just love of people. You do seem to love people. I do love people. Either that or it's like you're just the darkest soul ever when you get away from people oh, again too soon because, too soon with the it. dark thing uh i do about color. I, I do love it's always about color with me <laughs> some people say i don't see color i say i see only only color, color. only color. high two whites i want them to get i want them to get the love of other human beings from me what trait do i hope he doesn't get from me yeah let me get back to that because I try to just stay positive. Well, what's in, what's something think, about yourself that you? I'm perfect. I know. Maybe that's it. Then maybe you hope he doesn't get that need to be perfect. Oh, I don't need to be. That's the whole thing. I'm just am. <laughs> I guess that's it. Don't be too perfect. Whatever. You were, <laughs> you were a heavy kid when you were younger. Is his uh, genetic makeup? Is he a heavier kid or is he? He is not. He's, he's a, he he's got a the skinny kid. So I have to. I do. I definitely want. And he's to, your son. You know that for. A, no, I don't know that. I don't know. Maybe my wife slept kids, with I so many Negroes. I don't know. Dude. Like she's probably face deep in a Negro's armpit right now. Um, <laughs> I, I yeah, you know we don't def- use the N word on de- this. Show, definitely, definitely. I don't think I. I definitely. I probably did not take my health seriously enough. I think that actually is. That actually is a good thing that you just reminded me of. So you figured it out finally. I think that's it. yeah, yeah. I think I have. So I think that is probably a good thing to like just take care of yourself physically because I didn't really take. I I ate healthy, believe it or not. I just ate the wrong healthy thing. And you did you always kind of like I'm really heavy? Was it always a concern of yours, or were you just like you didn't care? You were working as an actor, and you didn't. I didn't really care like it was who i was and i knew like i've been i've been a vegan since 87 uh no vegan since 96 but a vegetarian since 87 so i wasn't eating like i never had like high cholesterol so that was fine i wasn't sick from being big i was always physically active but so how'd you lose the weight i stopped eating white stuff no bread no rice No no pasta yeah that was it yeah now, now I've started hiking a lot, but I was walking. Like, At the time, you were just walking. Just, I just stopped eating white I mean, it's stuff. caloric intake versus energy burned. It's kind it of was, a, yeah, but it was literally... It's Gary's racist diet. Yeah. Gary's racist it's diet. It's my white is evil diet. I hate whitey. It's, it's called white is evil, and someone said, you should write a book called white is evil, but there's very little to say. It's don't eat white stuff. Maybe it'd be more of a pamphlet. Yeah, like a trifle pamphlet. Pamphlet. Yeah. White is evil. Yeah. Be in don't, and out. Don't eat don't, these don't, things. Don't eat that. So those like Hostess snowballs, you wouldn't eat those. Well, if they were blackened. Well, those are the cupcakes. I eat anything blackened. Oh, by the way, if I take a piece of white bread and I blacken it, I eat it. I eat mashed potatoes blackened. 
If it's black and I eat it, I eat rice blackened. <laughs> Honestly, I love things blackened. <laughs> yeah, blackened is delicious. Andy, <laughs> always with the blackened. I don't eat. If you go, if I ever Andy go to a restaurant and you order something, they go, you want us to blacken that for you? I go, absolutely, dude. Fire it up. Andy doesn't eat. I'm going to eat with Andy. He, that dude he had a diet where all he ate, Pendulette taught him. He, you ate a potato. The tater diet. The tater diet. To start it off. Look at me. You're, you've lost all the weight, but I mean, you you ate nothing but potatoes for, for 10 days. 10 straight days of Ten potatoes. Day potatoes. Actually, it was two weeks. Two weeks of nothing but potatoes. It worked. It worked. That dude well, it's, it's caloric intake. You could eat yeah. anything if it you just ate smaller though. portions. Was, that, that was, the potatoes weren't That was point. to shock your body. It, it was to teach you to hate eating. It was to, no, it was to re, recalibrate your tongue. It, it, shock, it shocked him. And to teach you that you didn't have to eat constantly like I was. Boy, after that, things must have tasted so good. Oh, well, that's the whole thing. Once you're done with the potatoes, he said, go get an ear of corn. And I thought I was eating fucking ice cream. <laughs> that's actually... It's, but then what, what happened when you ate ice cream? Then you're like, oh, my head exploded. I never have since then. Well, that's... that's wow. I, li- I really like ice cream. Ice cream tastes delicious. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't eat it anymore. Yeah. You don't? I make my own by freezing bananas. You just freeze... Chop bananas up. You freeze them. Add a little bit of almond milk and a little bit of maybe you coke, should do a, a food book. Yeah, I should. Come on, man. White is evil. We'll start this. Wait, what? Uh, all right. The last question. What is a mantra that you would pass on to your son um, that you've lived your life by? Besides, white is evil. Uh, that um, wor- words to live by for your son. Something maybe your dad told you, or maybe something you've always. I I I live by partially what I said about liking people and being good to people but to seek happiness that's what i do every single day of my life is that I'm, a nihilist I'm, is that a nihilist I, I don't know is it no they believe in nothing what's the one that believes in just pleasure well now you make it sound nasty it's, uh, i'm uh, just people who happiness. just um hedonist 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 so you're oh, a hedonist yeah. oh okay no look i i'm just seeking. you're just a selfish happy no. prick if you seek happiness then you will also bring happiness to other people. Except yes. Jamie, apparently. Except well, what Jamie. if your happiness is at the, you know, what if your happiness requires somebody else to give something Didn't up? Didn't I just say like people So it's only happy, you only people? be... I said be good to people. Be good to people. Yeah. And you know, I'm just playing... Be good to people and seek I'm happiness. I'm playing horrible Jamie. whitey right now. I'm horrible white guy. Hey, man, I look, I, I married a whitey. I know the enemy. Okay? <laughs> I know the enemy. I got an inside job on the enemy. I know what's going on in their lives. You're like an undercover agent. She's an informant. She's an informant. She's an informant. There's another book. I can't say the name of the book that I want to write because I don't want anybody to steal it on, on the airway. Yeah. And honestly, they would. The people, they would. Uh, people who are listening to this. I'm not sure. I like the fact that his wife's a double spy. You think, oh, you think your wife, you well, think my wife is, oh, crap. Yeah. When, the, when the final race war breaks out, yep. as we know it will, yeah, and chemical By the weapons. way, I don't know which side my son's going to fight on. Which side are you guys on? Well, I know who I'm on. Is I got wife a, with you? She'll be with me. Like I said. She'll be with My son, like, I don't know if he's chosen a side yet. That's a question. Because he, really... he's got equal, like, black. Fr- he, he does not have, like, most of my friends are black or most are white. His, most of his friends are whatever they are. So I don't know if he's chosen yet. Does he have to? If, if there's going to be a race war, if you're telling me that we're having a race war, it's then coming. I'm going to make him pick a Absolutely side. Absolutely, it's coming. It's on its way. Depends on what school he's in. That's right. Depends uh, which box you check. 
But he right now he's white. On when the you box. fill out the form for the race war, just figure out who you think's going to win and check the that white, box. He's the white. He's in the white box right I now. I feel like the white school. Yeah, he's yeah. like the white box. Crap. <laughs> Man, we're looking to I'm going to be fighting. It's father against son here. It's like the Civil War. <laughs> oh, you guys have brought me down. Ah, God damn it. It all fell apart. My guest today, Mr. Gary Anthony Williams. Uh, dude, you're a rock star. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your stories. And honestly, I would hire you as a whistler. Maybe we'll have a new father time theme with a whistling. Yeah, do that and we'll bring it home. Special thanks to everybody today for tuning in and hearing my good buddy Gary Anthony Williams share his tales of Fayetteville to Hollywood and his his child. And uh, thanks to Andy Lerner, as always, my producer and partner in crime. Not a good whistler. Not a great whistler. And um, we'll catch everyone here next time on Father Time.